Well, good. I'm glad you guys are having a good week or had a good week. It was fall break for Knox County, even though I didn't really take a break. I worked a lot this week on different things, but um, it was still good. Um, if you're listening online, thanks for joining us online. Um, and I hope today, um, as we're in our third week of this series called Soul Activity, um, is like, well, let me just say it this way. You know, something about Christianity, like it should, like our, and not really Christianity, but really Jesus, it, it entraps us. Like it, it, it should, if we're true believers, it should encompass everything that we're about. That's why we've defined soul activity as a person's total self in pursuit of being fully devoted followers of Christ. Like it should be something that's a, a part of every fiber of our being. I heard a guy once say, um, he was a pastor, and Justin brought it up a couple weeks ago about this. There's even like this molecular structure called laminate that holds your body together that's actually in the shape of a cross. It's weird. But it, like, it just, that just is a symbol. It's like it has to hold us together. Right? And it, like, it's, it should, it should, like it should be every part of our being. As believers, we have, we have been changed. We've been made whole because of, of a moment in history. A moment called the resurrection. Like Christ rose from the dead, and it should change who we are from the deepest parts of us. And we, and we, are, and we are, are motivated because of that, to be motivated to be fully devoted to him. And it's, it's why we started looking at Mark 12, 30, verse 30 that says, And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And today we're going to focus on, it's inside soul. All your soul. And we've been, it's in, it's in this idea. And like, you know, we've talked about loving God with all of our hearts. And we're going to look at the soul today and what it means to love the Lord with all, your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Or you can say it if you want to go along with our definition of this series. You know, love the Lord God with all your total self your, or your identity or your choices. When we one have found our identity in Christ, the mundane of every day becomes, becomes a, which is the title of my sermon this morning, but when the mundane of our everyday existence becomes a kaleidoscope of beautiful color. Of beautiful color that brings glory to God. You know, as a, as a kid, I was fascinated by kaleidoscopes. You know, those things like, here, I got, put up this first picture. These kaleidoscopes, and sorry, it's kind of grainy. It's the only image I could find that was halfway decent. But, you know, it's those little tubes that had a piece of glass on the end of it, or plastic, and on the other end it was kind of plastic. And you put your eye to it, right? And, you, and, you, and you, if the light hit it just right, and you, you could turn it, and it was this beautiful display of color. Like, it looked, would look something like this. And as you twist... Like it would take on different characteristics. It would take on a whole new set of color patterns. And no matter what you did, it tur- or, or no matter what you did to it, how many times you turned it, everything you did to it became a beautiful picture. And that's what we're going to kind of look at today is how do we take everything and make it a beautiful clash of color, of beauty for the glory of God? See, if you're taking notes, you can write this down, okay? And this is the first point. 
It's the main, it's the bottom line of everything. Loving God with all your soul means pursuing Him with our identity and our choices. Dot, dot, dot. Because it doesn't end just there. Because you can go on to say, making everything we do a kaleidoscope of glory for God. So, we're going to look at a letter that a friend of ours wrote. And the letter is written by Paul. And he was writing this letter to the Corinthian church, the church in Corinth. And Paul was re- responding to a culture in Corinth of that everything is permissible. Okay, everything is permissible. Okay, and basically, basically what Paul was trying to express to the church as they rev up their engine outside, um, Paul was trying to express to the church in Corinth that you do have freedom to do all these things. You do have freedom to do all these things. But, one, your choices speak to whom you really are. What you choose to do says more about who you are than what you're doing. And, and two, it poses this question. Does this, what I'm doing, give off a beautiful picture of the glory of God? So let's look at this letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. And if you want to open it up, it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 23. It says, You say I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. It's kind of like you can eat all the chocolate you want in the world, but it's going to make you fat. You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of who? Others. So you may eat any meat that is sold in the marketplace without raising questions of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If someone who isn't a believer asks you home for dinner, accept the invitation if you want to. Eat whatever is offered to you without raising questions of conscience. But, suppose someone tells you this meat was offered to an idol, don't eat it, out of consideration for the conscience of those who told you. Verse 29, it may not be a matter of conscience for you, but it is for the other person. For why should my freedom be limited by what someone else thinks? Verse 30, if I, if, I, if I can thank God for the food and enjoy it, why should I be condemned for eating it? In verse 31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or the, or the church of God. I too try to please everyone and everything I do. I, I don't just do what, what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that many may be saved. Why, why did he do, do everything to please others? So that others could be saved. So you can do all this stuff that you want to. It's permissible. But is it going to bring glory to God by reaching the people around you? I tried to please everyone so that, so that many may be saved. And you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. And this kind of, this whole passage reminds me of, of a, a verse, I mean not a verse, but a, a writing. Anybody familiar with J.K. Rowling? 
okay? Harry Potter, here we go. Never thought you'd hear Harry Potter quoted in church, did you? J.K. Rowling wrote in Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets, it says this, It is our choices, Harry, that show who we truly are. Do our choices in life really give off a picture of God's glory? See, there's a John tells us in another passage to be in the world but not of the world. Right? So how do we how do we go from okay, all this stuff is permissible. We can do this stuff, right? So we can go do all these things, but over here, how does it define who I am? See, our choices oftentimes, even though we're free to do those things, aren't really who God designed us to be. Okay? It's not who God designed us to be. See, I can have a bad attitude if I want to. I can have road rage. You know, I'm just using that as an example. We can be whatever we want to over here. But does it give God glory over here? Does the life we live where we work, when we're cutting up with our friends or our coworkers about things around the water cooler, as old school people would say, I guess, around the water cooler, does it match give us giving God glory? And that's something we have to internally struggle with, because we can, we can do this over here. We totally could talk dirty about somebody. We could totally, you know, we could t- do this life over here. But if we're really believers, is it bringing glory? Is it a kaleidoscope of beauty? Because we are called to be set apart. We are called to be different. And I don't mean different as we in weird different. I mean just we're supposed to be set apart for a greater purpose. Because oftentimes we're called weird and nobody wants to be around us just because we're weird. But can we be different enough? Can we set our lives aside enough to be a beautiful picture of who God wants us to be? But in reality, I think this goes much deeper than just this. Making our choices here and to, to be better, to look better, to be a better picture of who God is and His salvation because... Yes, everything we should do should give glory to God to, for people to be able to, to be saved through our life's example. But I think it goes much more deeper than that because a lot of us don't really struggle with that too much. Like we know that we don't need to do this so we don't do it. But my question is, because I think it goes much deeper than this, do our choice of attitude in the mundane of our everyday life Show off the character of God. Because if 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God, that means your attitude too on how we face every day. Like, am I going to bring glory to God with my attitude on how I approach this? Because I'll just give you an example. Like, at school, we have these things called contracts that we do with kids, behavior contracts. Okay? And there's some mornings... I'm like, God, I hate that I have to do this. I hate that I have to walk this paper downstairs and have a kid sign it and give him a Kit Kat at the end of the week because he did good. <laughs> okay? Like, like, do I really have to do this today? And it's just like you write their name on the top of the piece of paper and you walk it down there. It's just the mundane, 
every day junk? Do I do it joyfully to help that kid? Or is it just, here's your paper. Do good today. Don't hit nobody. Don't say that in class. Please don't say that in class. The reason you're getting in trouble is because you said that. Don't, don't say that. Okay, you said it. Great. Now let's have that conversation. Don't put your hands on people. Did I just tell you not to put your hands on somebody? Did you just cuss him out? I told you, don't use those words in public or in private. <laughs> but please, for my sanity, please quit having that. Quit touching her. Like it's mundane, like every day. Are we giving God glory in the everyday? And I think that's really the essence of what Paul was really saying in this. Because he made it relatable, right? He talked about something that we all hold dear to us. Food. It's the mundane that sometimes gets us trapped in a mess that gives us bad attitudes and ruins everything else. See, the Christian faith in the Christian faith, every vocation holds the potential to turn the dull drabness of life into a kaleidoscope of color. What if we decided to approach everything as if we were working for the Lord? So every time I put so-and-so's name at the top of the behavior contracts, what if I did it in a joyful thing of saying, listen, I'm going to reach this kid. I'm going to change this kid's life. This may be crazy at times. This may, may seem like ridiculous that I'm handing him a piece of paper. But maybe if I do it joyfully, I can see a life turn around. Or maybe for you it's that, oh, I'm going to have to make whatever, whatever your job is. What if we approached it with joy in the fact of saying, I'm going to be able to do this and do it so good that someone is going to come up to me and say, man, this was really great how you did this. You did a great job. And you can say, you know what? It really wasn't me. I just approached it with joy. Let God do the rest. I like Dad's story of taking the test for the what, professional, whatever that test is, paraprofessional test. He went in there thinking, you know, I'm going to fail this thing. <laughs> if I pass, it ain't going to be of me. And he passed. That's smarter than what he gives himself credit for, I think, sometimes. But just that story of him saying, you know what? This is God who got me through it. It's God, it's God who got me through the mundane of every day. So to love God with all of our souls means it's like everything we do, we approach it with joy. No matter how difficult it may seem. You can apply that to death, you can circumstances. No matter what we do, we can approach it with joy because we know the person who's gone before us. And the glory that it's going to be it's going to be shown because not only do we have a God that's faithful to bring us through, we decided that we are going to be fully devoted, fully faithful to the God who created us and saved us. See, <clears throat> 
Everything one does, regardless of prestige, can be an act of love and worship before God. That's why, even though I would hate it, I hate it. And I don't do it a whole lot, which I probably should do it better, is I'm okay with cleaning the toilet. Sometimes. <laughs> That's why if we ever had our, our, uh, a building of our own, I'd be okay with going in and getting on my hands and knees and scrubbing a toilet because I know I'm doing it for the glory of God. It's like last night, Zane's sick this morning, and it was no, really no surprise because of um, last night he had an accident. Okay, he had an accident. Um, he went to the bathroom and did his business on the toilet, but when he stood up, somehow it went all down his leg. Okay, <laughs> I'm just sharing this with you because I could approach that and went, oh, oh God, oh God. You gotta do that. I can't clean that up. Oh my God. God, you gotta do something. But no, like, I'm like, I'm doing this for my son. <laughs> I'm taking, I'm taking care of my, I'm taking care of my, I'm doing it because I love my son and I have to swallow my tongue so I don't gag myself. Okay? But I'm doing it out of love and service to my son. And we can do this, we, we do this stuff every day for people. But some, for some reason, when it comes to our, our relationship with God, we're a little hesitant to do the things. It's kind of like, a, it's just, just to give an example, it's kind of a little bit off topic, but it's kind of like, <clears throat> you can relate it to we, like how we do things every day. And, but when it comes to God, we don't do things. It's kind of like, um, if you and your you and your beautiful spouse or handsome spouse just got married money wasn't an object and you could go anywhere on your honeymoon money's not an option where are you going to go you can go to somewhere like hawaii london right but as soon as you have kids money's not an object you're going on a family vacation where are you going you're disney besides kirby she's weird but then, okay, your kids are grown, they're out of the house now, it's just you and your, sp- you and your spouse again, money's not an object, you're going to go on a vacation, just the two of you, where are you going? Tahiti, Hawaii, Bahamas, okay? And, but, but as soon as your kids have grandkids, you're going to go on a family vacation, where are you going back to? Disney. You know what I'm saying? So we, we do this, and that kind of stuff every day in our life, and, and just reflect, but sometimes when, when it's like, when it's like, okay, um, just to kind of do a, re- a relatable thing of we're going to do church this way, but and, and and then you have kids over here and we're doing church for this way that's not reaching them. We should, as a church, go and say, you know, we're going to do a church that incumbent that these older folks can serve these folks, these younger kids, right? Just like we do in real life. But it's the same thing in the, in this principle of saying in, in saying is a lot of times we'll serve our families, we'll do things for our kids, we'll go and we'll volunteer for our kids, we'll go and sit at football games and basketball games and soccer fields and craziness, we'll go, we'll do all this stuff in our everyday life where we give of ourselves, give everything of ourselves, but when it comes to church, you know what, I'm just going to sit here and listen. And, we're, and we do that to a God who has saved our lives. We, 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 in this realm of our lives, we do everything to lift up our kids or we lift up other people and do all this stuff, but when, and which is not bad, 
which is not bad, but when it comes to our doing things, serving God in this capacity, we're like, you know what, I'm, I don't feel called to that. What do you mean you don't feel called to serve God in this way? He freaking died for your life. He saved you. He rescued you from the depths of hell, and you're going to say you don't feel called to that? You should be called to do far more than, far more than whatever that is. But we do it all with joy because we need to become a kaleidoscope of love, a beautiful picture of the glory of God because of how he really changed our lives. To love God with all our souls means to give every part of our being so that when you are serving these people over here, it's not just because you want to serve these people, but you want to show them who God is through you. I want to show my son as I help him clean up his mess that because, because of the love that I have for God, I'm, I'm serving you. Even though I'm about to throw up. And it's kind of this picture. Let me say this. We've got to approach it with an attitude that is a true character. A true character of a new, bought, redeemed soul. Our identity. Philippians 2 starts off with saying this. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make truly happy by agreeing. Make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but the interest in, in, uh, but take interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that, G, that Christ Jesus had. Christ Jesus who, who laid down every part of who he was to save you. He left the throne in heaven to come to earth to be human and die for us. Had that same attitude. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble, humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human, in human form, he humbled, humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every, and every tongue confess, everything that you can think of. Declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I'm going to stay there for a second. Just think one day. No matter how bad this world is going to get, everybody's going to bow before God. Everyone is going to be submitted under God's glory. And I'm not saying that everybody's going to heaven. Don't hear me say that, because that's not true at all. <laughs> okay, There's some pastors out there that teach that. But don't listen to them. They're wrong. I'm just saying that at, some, at a point in history, everyone's going to say, you know what, that was right, and it's too late now, but I still have to bow because 
He is God. I have to be submitted to him. Every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Verse 12, dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. That's not saying work for your salvation because you can't work. What it's saying is if you have truly been saved, it's going to change how you are. It's going to change your character. It's going to change your attitude. It's going to change everything about you. Because it's a result of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing. That's kind of hard to do. <laughs> do everything without complaining and arguing. What about if I don't want to do it? Do it without complaining and arguing. What if it's not my thing? We'll do it without complaining and arguing. What if it breaks my nails? Do everything without complaining and arguing. Verse 15. So that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like a bright, like shining like bright lights, like a kaleidoscope. That part I put in there, that's not actually in the Bible. Like a kaleidoscope. In a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the, run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God. Just like your, faith, your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. See, there's something that happens when we approach life, when we approach our faith, when we approach other people with joy and that joy and being willing to serve them, to pour ourselves out for them. There's joy that comes when we when we say, you know what, I can I, I'm gonna serve you, but I'm gonna do it in a way that glorifies God without complaining, without groaning, to give everything of myself to God by serving others and by serving the church and serving God. See, I believe that if we take serious the thought that we could be a kaleidoscope of color, if we we could be a we could be a light to the world and we can serve those around us if we just give every part of who we are because all all of this is pointless all this is pointless if we don't share that share our stories with people share our hands and feet with people all this is pointless all of it's pointless if, if we don't take serious the call to be a beautiful picture of the glory of God. Well, I'm too messed up, Derek. My life's too messed up. I, I've done too much wrong in my life. No. That will just show people that no matter how far away you think you can get from God, God can still use you. It makes me think of Jonah who tried to run so far from God that 
God had to get his attention by putting him in the belly of a well and making it look so, making the place where he was wanting him to go look so good that he had no other option than to say, you know what, I'm going to go. And I'm going to serve those people. I, I, he did it grumbling. He did it complaining. He even after he shared the message, went up the top of the hill to watch their destruction. And God told Jonah pretty much, what are you doing? You don't realize these people's lives are being changed. You should find joy in that. We should want what's best for people. No matter how far away they get. But going back, just saying, no matter how far you think you've ran from God, how far away you think you are from God, God is sitting here going, no, I am still can use you no matter your story. No matter how bad you think you are. No matter how weak you think you are. No matter how 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 strong you think you are. No matter where you are in life, God's saying, if you approach it with joy and you approach, me, approach the mundane, everyday struggles that we have with joy and a purpose, it can be used for the glory of God. So my prayer for us this morning is that we truly become, our identity becomes that of Christ. That our character becomes that of Christ. Like Philippians there said, have the same attitude, the same character as Christ. Because the only way that we're going to change the world is if we approach life, if we approach others with joy and compassion, and we just become a picture of who God, His glory really is. The God, I want to thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be here this morning. And I pray that as, as we wrap this up, that not only do we love you with all of our hearts, but we love you with all of our souls, with every part of our being. That how our choices and our choice of attitude who, that's, that says who we are, may it be a true reflection of your glory. May the choices we make in life be a reflection of us saying, you know what, no matter what happens, I'm choosing this because it's what, what best glorifies God. Now I just pray if there's someone in here that seems like feels like they're far from God. Maybe you just this morning say to them, I'm here, I'm with you. All you have to do is turn away and choose me. And then you can live as a beautiful kaleidoscope for the glory of God. And I pray all this in your name. Amen.